0: Hello and welcome back everyone. This is Jacob Air here from CITR Sports and I'm accompanied by Jake, Liz, Nico and Corey. It is my first time back in a while, but they've been here for a week. This is the second week in our new time slot and we are still broadcasting from the UBC Point Grey campus on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Always keep you up to date with the latest UBC Thunderbird news, standings and stories. And before we uh, fully are able to uh, go into this week's show, we last week talked about some highs for the Thunderbirds, such as star outside hitter Kira Van Rijk, sadly, but in her own way, very memorably, leaving for Italy to play professional volleyball. There was also the case of four 2019 grads on the hockey team who went over to sign professional contracts, two men and two women, and star football QB... Uh, Michael O'Connor was selected 20th overall in the CFL draft. Which Corey, correct me if I'm wrong, that was one of the highest by a uh, Canadian university quarterback of all time. Yeah, I couldn't give you the exact
1: numbers on that, Jacob, but I'm pretty pretty sure. Um, we talk a little bit later about kind of O'Connor's impact on the football team and what the changes in a O'Connorless future
0: mean. Please to that come program. back. Please come back, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, rough start we can say for the Thunderbirds this past week. It was very undesirable in terms of the final score for them as they got pummeled at home against the Regina Rams. But there was also some surprising results for UBC soccer as the men's team wasn't quite as dominant as usual. And lastly, the men's hockey team took on a very, very imposing opponent in the Wisconsin Badgers, which also didn't go quite so well for them.
2: Well, starting off with men's hockey, probably the most surprising results from the weekend, uh, the Thunderbirds road trip did not go as planned. They failed to win either of their matches this past weekend. First up, it was a trip to Kamloops on Saturday to take on a very good Thompson Rivers side that ranks just behind UBC in the national rankings. A stalemate ensued over in Kamloops as goals from UBC's Riley Pang and TRU's James Fraser canceled each other out for a 1-1 draw.
0: And Pang's not usually known for his goals, but the big fourth-year center back was able to to get at the end of a Thomas Gardner free kick in the ninth minute and was able to head the ball home for just his second career goal with the Thunderbirds.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, the Wolfpack tied it up in the 35th minute. And while the Thunderbirds did register 10 shot attempts in the second half and won a penalty kick in the 87th minute, they could not find a winner.
2: Yeah, that uh, theme of being a bit wasteful in front of goal is going to be continuing, especially missing a penalty that late. It was, uh, I believe, victory Shambucho on the penalty. He's normally very him. reliable in front of goal, but unfortunately unable to convert there. Kamloops remains a very tough place for the Thunderbirds to play. Their all-time record on the road against TRU is now 3-2-2, and which is not terrible considering it's on the road, but they are 8-0 against TRU at home. So they're able to beat them no problem here, but then for whatever reason, whenever they head to the interior, it's A clear clear home
0: field advantage for the opponents. Yeah, who knows what
2: Thompson Rivers has got (laughs) over there. Got some special juice going on, that's what I say. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, while that result against TRU wasn't anything jaw-dropping, what was shocking was Sunday's match in Kelowna as our sister school, UBC Okanagan, handed the Thunderbirds a 2-0 loss. Only the second time since September of 2017 that the Thunderbirds were shut out in a Canada West match. And the first time ever that they've lost to UBC. UBCO, they were previously 10-0-1 all time against the Heat. So a bit of a crazy result.
3: <laughs> bit of a crazy result for sure. Uh, Heat fullback Aaron Mulama glided in behind UBC's defense to open the scoring less than 10 minutes in with midfielder Jacob York adding insurance in the 67th minute. First ever Canada West goal for both of them.
4: Yeah, and a bit looking deeper into the stat sheet, uh, you can see that Thunderbird actually dominated the stat sheet in every effect except goals. They outshot the heat 23 to six and had 11 corners to just one of the hosts but they just had couldn't beat the goalie nicholas richmond who made a career-high nine saves
1: yeah the thunderbirds came closest to scoring in the 49th minute when kerman panu hit the post but they will be incredibly disappointed after a weekend that saw them finish with 39 shot attempts 14 shots on target and only one goal to show for it
3: and and
0: if you look at last year you know they came out it was a 3-0-1 start they had a positive seven goal differential, and then there's this year, and you mentioned the high amounts of shots, but they don't have that much to show for it, just a positive one goal differential and a 2 one and one record. Yeah, and they
2: already have as many losses as they did all of last season in the regular season. They didn't lose a game until the final day last year, but got to kind of just also tip your hat to the goalie for UBCO, uh, Mr. Reitzma, <laughs> just career night for him. Nine saves. S- staring down everything that the Thunderbirds uh, threw at him in that game. And uh, Thunderbirds... They'll have plenty of time to practice, go over whatever needs to happen to get the team back on track. This weekend is a bye for them. They will not hit the field again until September 14th, when they will take on Lethbridge here at home.
4: Yeah, and meanwhile, when we're looking at seal this might actually be the sign for things to come from them. And after a dismal season last year, where they finished second worst in Canada uh, West with a tw- two nine five 5 record. They've come flying this season with a 3-1 start. And the Heat have not finished .000 or better in any of their five previous seasons in Canada West and are already halfway to tying their best-ever win total.
0: Well, you know, it's a sister school, but at least it's something going <laughs> right for UBC. <laughs>
4: yeah. yeah, and looking on the women's side, Thunderbird wrapped up their preseason schedule with a 2-0 victory over NCAA Division II side Western Washington last Thursday. And this will mean that the t will eventually enter Canada West play on a two-game winning streak, and their regular season will begin this Friday at Thunderbird Stadium against Trinity Western.
1: Yeah, this one was carried by goalkeeper Emily Moore. She had a strong eight-save clean sheet. I'm particularly happy about this. Emily Moore went to my high school. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Shout uh, out. But because of Moore's strong performance and UBC converting their chances, UBC won kind of in the opposite vein of how the men's team did despite being outshot 17-10 to 10 and only taking one corner kick the entire match.
2: Sort of a reverse of the men's game, in a way, yeah. with uh, them being outshot, but then pulling out the wind as opposed yeah. to the men who had all the shots and then couldn't score at all.
1: Emily Moore doing her best Reitzma impression. Yes. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> it, was, uh, it was Danielle Steer, who uh, you can listen to our interview with her from last week in the CITR archive, shameless plug. She scored UBC's first goal right before halftime in the 39th minute, assisted by Natasha Klasios, and uh, then using that momentum, UBC scored again soon after the second half started Rookie. Caitlin Tol scored an unassisted goal in the 54th minute after forcing a turnover in uh, Western Washington's, and I was going to say Trinity Western, but that's who they're playing uh, this weekend.
0: And you want to talk about Hot streak? Thunderbirds, although it's just two games, they've outscored opponents 6-0 in their last two matches, and that's coming after their 4-0 win over the University of Victoria, which is, as we all well know, a very hot rivalry. <laughs> Legends Cup coming up, rugby starting soon. Yep. I'm excited. <laughs> Do you guys remember the white men boot? No, <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. I, I
2: remember UBC crushing Uvic in almost everything. Yeah, the legends, cop. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was what <laughs> I was. That women's,
0: women's rugby was a no from my recollection, it was yes, it was women's rugby
2: and women's field hockey were the and like some row and like some of the
1: yeah rowing, there was rowing last year that was the last event but we'd already won by that yeah. point so what let's what go
0: Uvic <laughs> let's you get there uh, let's get rival. their radio beefing with us. <laughs>
2: So, uh, UVic, women's soccer team, they're not going to play them for a little bit. They are going to play Trinity Western, as was mentioned, starting Canada West play this Friday. And uh, for the historical marks with Trinity Western, the last three games times they've played them, they were outscored a combined 9-2. to two. But then the three games before that, the Thunderbirds won all three, outscored the Spartans 8-0. Eight, eight so, maybe the momentum pendulum will be swinging back in the way of the Thunderbirds this time. And Trinity Western lost to uh, Western Washington in their preseason. So, transitive
3: property... I think uh, UBC Women's Soccer hopefully will have this. (laughs) For sure. Let's hope so. Uh, Moving on to men's hockey. As touched on briefly towards the end of our last show, the UBC men's hockey team faced a daunting task over the weekend in taking on a hockey program that could be considered elite in terms of development. The two-game exhibition series definitely helped in preparation for the upcoming season. We anticipate another great season ahead and are already counting down the days to the UBC Winter Classic, and we know all of our undergraduate students love attending that.
2: Yeah, the men's hockey team looking to improve on last year's twenty and seventeen overall record. As always, they've been dipping into the junior pools, recruiting plenty more players uh, for the season. Forwards, new faces. You got Quinn Benchfield, Jake Kreisky, Brett Clayton, the younger brother of uh, recent grad Chase Clayton, who memorably scored a hat trick. Right that's at the end right, of the regular season, that's right. like doubling his career goals totals for the Thunderbirds <laughs> one in one One of those day. fluky games. Yeah. So unfortunately, Brett, unable to play with Chase, just missed by one year. Uh, also, James Orban, Dryden Michaud, and then defenseman, you got Ryan Pouliot, Jonathan Smart, and Jarrett Tyska, who is not coming until January. Correct. And, and was a recent draft pick.
3: Yes, the Montreal Canadiens in 2017, round five. And there's another Montreal Canadiens draft pick who performed very, very well over the weekend. Only problem was it was for... The Badgers, not for the Thunderbirds.
0: So that probably didn't pan out too well for the home side.
3: <laughs> probably not.
0: Who's to say who has the better Canadians prospect? Yeah, that's true. That's I mean, true. we are in Canada. But you know what? You look at the NHL, honestly, a lot of the American teams have just as many Canadians now as the Canadian team. <laughs> Very true. And the coaches, too.
3: And the coaches as well. Um, it was an exciting weekend for the Thunderbirds as exhibition games were played on Friday, August 30th, and Sunday, September 1st at the Father David Bauer Arena. And they picked as good of a school as they could have to come to town to play.
0: Wisconsin, across men and women, one of the best college programs for hockey on the continent. They have six championships and 12 Frozen Four appearances. They were going to be a formidable opponent on paper, and they showed it in, on the ice. Yeah, I
2: mean, plenty of NHL ties to the program. Coach, former NHL player and coach, Tony, Tony Granato, and then... Plenty of Badgers alumni have gone on to do great things in the NHL. I got Brian Elliott, Jake Gardner, Joe Pavelski, Ryan Suter, BC boy Cal Turris, plenty of right. others. And there's plenty on their team right now that'll surely make the
3: NHL soon. Definitely. Cal Turris, the former St. Thomas More Knight out of New West. Uh, this year in particular, the team boasts a dozen drafted players to the NHL, highlighted by three first round picks Alex Turcott, fifth overall to the LA Kings. Cole Caulfield, uh, Montreal draft pick, I believe, was 15th overall and Ke'Andre Miller from the New York Rangers. Turcott last year for the U.S. National Team Development Program, 37 games played, 27 goals, 35 assists, 62 points. Cole Caulfield last year for the U.S. National Team Development Program, 64 games played, 72 goals. That's a, that's a pretty number. Right,
0: <laughs> More than
3: one a game? Right. On top of 28 assists for 100 total points.
0: That's a pretty beefy stat. And going back to what you were mentioning, the United States National Team Development Program... Basically, you throw a bunch of the best top U.S. athletes together, and they play against other U.S. teams in the USHL, various college teams and international teams. And they also have U-17, U-18 program to prepare athletes to succeed in their hockey careers. So you know these are elite players. Of course. Yeah, and if you want the numbers on just how elite they are, not only in this
1: program, but into the future, uh, the program saw eight players in the taken in the first round of this past NHL entry da- draft, and then nine additional players taken in the later rounds. That 17 total, we were discussing this in the pre-show, that's pretty much the entire team. So they have success written all across the board. And
2: speaking of that, there were some games that were played also between <laughs> UBC and there, Wisconsin. There were. Yeah, Wisconsin, first one, 3 nothing win. The Badgers scored a goal in each period, really even to uh, take that game.
3: Right, and Ryland Toth faced 19 shots in the first period and 38 for the game. He made 35 saves in the end. Two of the goals he gave up were on the power play. So, obviously, when you have such a stacked lineup like that, power play goals, it's going to happen, right?
0: Right, uh, so, heavy up top. And then Caulfield and Dylan Holloway. And Holloway is actually Calgary native. He's a top prospect in the 2020 NHL draft, uh, they chipped in with, he chipped in with two-thirds of the goals, Keandre Miller with uh, an apple, and then 14 uh, PIM, including a 10-minute misconduct.
3: And the second game was a goal fest as Wisconsin jumped out to a 5-0 lead early in the second period. But UBC nearly stormed all the way back with a goal in the first and four in the third. Unfortunately, the Badgers got two more, including a last-minute empty netter, to take it 7-5. And just like uh, first game, it was the stacked power play for
2: Wisconsin that uh, drove them to victory. They were four for six on the power play. Four power play goals. That's a little bit excessive (laughs) to uh, give up in just one game. Uh, Caulfield was the star. He got the hat trick and an assist as well. On the other side, it was Matt Revel who got
1: the Thunderbirds on the board with their first two goals, while Jake Kriske also potted two, and Jonathan Smart
0: recorded two assists. And then interestingly in this uh, game, was that the – Thunderbirds two offensive stars, Carter Popoff and Tyler Sandu, they were actually both held off the score sheet over the two games, but it really shouldn't be that long until we see them both going again. It was probably a mix of, you know, playing these big name teams and then trying to just find open ways to get to the net because they probably had known that these were the two goal scorers. So they probably had to distribute, but look for them to get back on the score sheet in the near future.
2: Yeah, it's just the start of preseason as well. There'll be plenty more preseason games before the Canada West season gets under the way at the end of the month. Thunderbirds, the rest of their preseason is going to be against some uh, familiar opposition. Next up is a pair of games this weekend in Alberta against the three-time defending conference champs, the Alberta Golden Pandas. And uh, now we're going to have to take a quick break for Ads PSAs. We're going to bring you right back after that with some talk about the football team.
3: Order, that free magazine from CITR has been documenting the best in music, arts, and culture since
4: 1983.
3: <music> <music> Let's see what one man of prestige has to say about Discord. What up, dog? This is the Big Snoop Dogg, and I fucks with Discorder magazine. How about that? <laughs> Smokey every day. Pick up a copy around Vancouver or with Discorder online at discorder.ca. Bike the Night, presented by MEC, will see 3,500 cyclists light up downtown Vancouver. The ride goes for 10 kilometers through car free streets and includes a mid ride dance party on Burrard Street Bridge. Join us on Saturday, September 7th for a fantastic pre party at Sunset Beach before the bike ride kicks off at 8 p.m. student tickets available for a limited time. Moby Bike Share Pass included for anyone needing a bike. Register and find more information online at bikethenight.ca.
1: Alrighty, folks, welcome back. We're going to start with some talk about the gridiron. Saturday marked the start of a new era in Thunderbirds football with star quarterback, as we mentioned in the intro, Michael O'Connor having become a Toronto Argonaut. The chalice was passed to freshman Tommy Yanchuk, pride of Lloyd Minster. On the opposite side of the field were the Regina Rams, sporting a U Sports debutant of their own First year Josh Donnelly, in the Battle of the Saskatchewan-born rookies, it was Donnelly's Rams that won the day, and by a considerable margin at that, this one finished 46-16, a less-than-inspiring scoreline to display in front of the large crowd of incoming first years.
2: Not a great first impression. No,
1: <laughs> needless to say... Who
0: there, knows if they'll be going back for another <laughs> game.
3: There is room for improvement. <laughs> and Yanchuk's debut was... Average. Uh, His 21-for-32 passing line was hardly worse than Donnelly's 23-for-31, but the Rams' signal caller outgained his Thunderbirds counterpart by 130 yards, 378-248. to Yanchuk also had one touchdown toss, a pick, and a nice touchdown run that opened the scoring. He wasn't helped by his offensive line, however, as he suffered five sacks.
2: Yeah, that's not how you want to treat your uh, rookie making his... Canada West debut is allowing him to get sacked five times. Welcome That's to a, the big show. It's kind of like a hazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> there, the offensive line was in on it. Yeah. It, was, it was all about the hazing. But uh, after Yanchuk put UBC on the board first, you know, starting off well, home opener, things are feeling good. Rams, 31 unanswered points. That's not nearly as good. A lot of errors from the Thunderbirds on defense. Bunch of penalties, including two face mask penalties. Regina blocked the UBC punt, and uh, Thunderbirds were unable to stop the Rams' run at all. And it, uh, by the time defense actually started playing defense in the second half, this one was already out of reach.
0: Well, and a big part of that is because of the fullback position, which, you know, some say it's dying out. But Sam Varau had something to say about that. The Rams fullback, he just had three carries on the night, and all he totaled was three yards. Yet, those three yards were very meaningful as he tallied not one. Not two, but three touchdowns on the night. Uh, That's
2: peak efficiency right there. You can't get more efficient than that. You can't get any more efficient than that.
0: And all of those were in the first half. And then to add insult to injury, two of those three touchdowns came on third down plays, meaning the Thunderbirds were two solid stops away from keeping this one to a much closer game. And just like last year, they came up. A little bit short. Yeah.
1: I also want to throw in, I didn't put this in the notes, but I feel like it might have been demoralizing for the Thunderbirds once they start giving up all these points. There were a lot of people who were there at the very start of the game. Um, But once the defense started to crack a little bit, they would just see people... Like exiting in in like these mass surges. It was an so.
0: exodus of UBC fans.
1: Exactly. I if I was Tommy Jancheck in this one, I'd feel so sad.
0: <laughs> you hear yeah. the "We want O'Connor" chant. <laughs> oh, yeah. <no>. oh, god. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I, hey, homecoming coming up soon. That's <laughs> very true. You know what?
0: But like, but like I. We mentioned it was an average start, meaning he can grow on it. It, And he's a he's young, right? Like there's lots of room to improve. And it's not
2: like he was helped a ton by his defense or his offensive No, yeah. Honestly, he was fine. (laughs) He
1: was one of the better players in this game. Uh, His touchdown run uh, that he had to open up the scoring. That was actually quite pretty. Anyway, though, it was a couple of top tier passing plays that were the highlights of the night in this affair. For the Thunderbirds, second year receiver Jacob Patton pulled off a miraculous bobbling catch down the sideline early in the fourth, all while doing his best contortionist impression in the air. It was incredible, even though the Thunderbirds
0: were down by quite a lot at that point. It's
2: one of those where it's like, oh, look at this cool highlight. You know, don't look at don't look at the scoreboard. It's yeah.
0: Fine. I will give that. it <laughs> <laughs> some credit, though. I saw it and I was like, that's kind of OBJ esque. Yeah. It looked pretty cool. It was intense.
1: For the Rams, a somewhat routine toss from Donnelly to second year Riley Biersma turned into a 75 yard score as the receiver receiver galloped all the way to the end
0: zone to open the third quarter. Get those yaks, boy. <laughs> Yards after the catch. And, you know, we mentioned the the catch. It was exciting. And that touchdown run from Yanchuk. And really, besides that, it was kind of hard to find a lot of positives in this one for the Thunderbirds. There was linebacker Ben Hladic, who was a common name throughout our shows last year in terms of football. He did have an efficient night tallying, tallying 10 tackles, including one for a loss as he was kind of the only bright spot in terms of defense on the Thunderbirds. Mm -hmm.
2: There's a lot of room for improvement on both sides of the ball for the Thunderbirds. They're going to try and get back on track on Friday as they play in Saskatoon against the Huskies before they return to Vancouver for homecoming against the Calgary Dinos on the 14th. Hopefully, uh, Thunderbird Stadium is going to be full once again for that, and they can get the first home win of the season.
0: And now that we've seen kind of where some of the sports in terms of the fall season are headed, let's do a little bit of a prediction segment. So how this is going to work is myself, Jake, Nico, and Corey are going to go around. I'm going to mention the sport, both men and women, if there is. And then we're going to look at their last season, give it a quick rundown on air. And we're going to say if it improves, regresses, or stays the same. And then we'll give our quick playoff outlook for each of these. You guys ready to do this? Oh, boy. Let's do it. Let's do it. So men and women's soccer. Let's start out with the men. Last year they ended 13-1 and 2 in conference play and they won Canada West, but they did lose U Sports pretty mm-hmm. pretty uh, the national quarterfinals. National quarterfinals pretty early on. And the women had a record of 10-3 and 1 and but they however just came in fourth in the Canada West playoffs. What will it be this year and what's their playoff picture? going to look like Jake let's start with you and kind of head our way around
2: well I mean given the results this past weekend it'll be very hard for the men's to have as good of a record they did last season unless they go almost perfect the entire rest of the season so I think it's a safe bet to say they're gonna be a little bit worse in the regular season doesn't mean they'll be worse in the playoffs but they have lost a couple of key players so there's Caleb Clark who's a star striker who's just here for one year Right, if you eligibility somehow, yeah, that
0: strange transition from a uh, different soccer club yeah, where he then he came was, in, on he was over. in
2: Germany playing like the, the fourth or fifth tier and then comes to the U Sports for one year and then leaves. So
0: sometimes you just want to show off <laughs> yeah. what you've learned overseas, yeah.
2: and, al- and also shout out to uh, Zach Verhoven. he was one of the three U Sports players uh, selected by Canadian Premier League side Pacific FC in uh, the an- inaugural U-Sports draft last spring. The other two draft picks that came from UBC, Thomas Gardner and Nick Fossil, are back with the team. But Verhoeven has stayed with Pacific FC and has carved out a nice role for them. So uh, can- good luck for him uh rest of the season.
0: But your take is slight regression. Playoffs, you expect about the same result?
2: Yeah. And then for the women's, I think around the same in the regular season, but I think they'll do better in the playoffs given that they brought back much of the same team and hopefully they'll be that much more experienced and won't fall apart in the
3: playoffs like they did last year.
0: I know you're new to the program, but what are you thinking here, Nico? That Sometimes it's good to have that fresh perspective.
3: For sure, for sure. Um, Just looking at the records, I would definitely say that playoffs should be an expectation for both the men and the women's. I mean, you look at the rosters, Amelia Crawford coming back for the uh, women's soccer team. That's going to be great. The men's going 13-1 and 2 I think that playoffs should be an expectation, number one, and I think that they'll go really far in the playoffs. Maybe we get lucky and we win it all. It'd be fantastic if we did. But um, first impressions, I think that the men and women's soccer programs are going to be very, very good this upcoming year.
0: So at least the same, if not improving. Exactly. Cool. Corey, your take on these two?
1: Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually still going to be high on the men's soccer team in particular. I understand that, of course, they haven't had the ideal start to this season, I've always been a bit of an optimist on this show and I am a big fan of blips <laughs> and it's the blip theory. It's not a, uh, <laughs> I remember, hey, I remember it's it very just a blip. well. It's just yes. a blip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's what it's going to be with the men's soccer. I know this is a hockey philosophy, but if you keep shooting, you're going to score eventually. Uh, I think we can't expect fantastic goalkeeping performances from every single, uh, netminder that comes up against the Thunderbirds, like writes had this weekend. So I am confident that the men's soccer team will get back on track. Um, I would say I'm probably a little bit lower on the women's soccer team, but I would agree with Nico that playoffs should be the expectations for both teams. Um, I think men can win Canada West again. Uh, Nationals, I think they can improve, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did the same. And then for the
0: women, um, I'd like to see them do a lot better in the Canada West playoffs this year, and I think they will. Fair enough. My take's more similar to Jake's, where I think the men's team is going to regress a little. You talked about some missing players. Uh, But I think they will do equally well in playoffs because they'll make up for that with the uh the now veterans like Shambu show helping out some of the younger guys on the team meanwhile i think the women uh will roughly stay the same but i do expect them to also go a bit further in playoffs so i'm an optimist let's go on to hockey now maybe a bit quicker this time mm-hmm. so men's team or let's actually start with the women's a little more positive 18 <laughs> 5 and 5 last year but they did lose in the semifinals um and then the men's team went 14 and 14 so they were dead 500 and they were eliminated in the Canada West quarterfinals. What's it going to look like this year?
2: Uh, women's team brought most of their big players back, so I'm going to say they're going to, at the very least, do just as well they did last year, hopefully improve a little bit, make it to that Canada West final, hopefully. Men's team, it's been a turbulent couple of years, as we've covered the men's team with their insane comeback two years ago, and then last year just incredibly up and down the whole way. And uh, I'm just going to say around the same, I uh, Maybe a little bit worse. I don't know. But
3: definitely the women's team has seems to have a more positive outlook than the men's. I agree with Jake when it comes to the women's team. Uh, when it comes to the men's, I would say that they're due for a little bit of improvement. We looked at some of the new, uh, new additions that they brought in this year. All of that WHL talent that's going to be on the team. I think that all of that scoring prowess, you're going to see a record that's a little bit better. And hopefully that better record leads into the playoffs and then from there anything can happen.
1: Yeah, I would pretty much agree with Nico on a lot of those points. I think the men's team will improve with some of that youth talent that they're bringing in, uh, the prospects that they've introduced for this year. So I think that record will improve. I would say the women will stay probably about uh, equal and I think playoff fortunes uh, for both of them. I'm not expecting that much of improvement. I still don't think we have a necessarily elite program, especially with the men. And there's always
0: Manitoba for the women who are always really, really dominant. Yeah. So I think, I mean, we can dream big, but I don't see any national championships in the future for these two. Um, So I'm going to take a a bit of an oddball take here. Uh, Women, I think, are actually going to regress a bit. I remember Tardif, I can't remember if she's still with the program or not. She might be in her final year. But if she left, and we'll have to get some uh, insight to this, she was a mainstay on that team. And I, I, even if she is there, I still think there's going to be a bit of a regression coming.
2: Yeah, Tardif's gone. She's one of the uh, players that signed a pro contract in Europe.
0: So, so Tardif's gone. And that's why I think the women's team is going to move back just a little bit, not a ton. Men's team, I think, is going to get a bit of a bump. Nico, thanks for those insights earlier on why. Um Playoff pictures, I expect, however, the women's team, although worst record, I think they'll go a little bit deeper. Um, men's team, about the same. Um, and then golf now. So g- our golf program's crazy. Corey can talk <laughs> probably about this all day. Um, last year, the men ended up with seven team and one individual first place finishes, thanks to uh, Zahi Dali Nanthu, And then the women really just kind of dominated everyone on their invitational uh, schedule, Every opponent in their site, they had 10 first-place finishes at invitationals, and they only finished out of first twice. Once was fourth, once was 11th. They both won the Golf Canada uh, Canadian University or the college championship. What's it looking like this year? And I know it's harder to kind of go about golf in terms of, like, playoffs because it's more just like these invitationals yeah. and these championships. But is there going to be any standouts on the men's side? I don't know. On the women's side, Maybe. Uh,
2: women's team might be similar to men's soccer, it's just sort of hard to be as good as they were last year just because they were so absurdly dominant last year. But, you know, Esther Lee, <laughs> she's back. <laughs> Only a rookie last year and was amazing. So if she can continue her upward trajectory, that could take UBC just as good as they were.
3: I'm still new to the golf scene, so I'm going to trust Corey. Everything, <laughs> I'm going to trust Corey with everything to do with golf, so I'm going to leave it to him on this one. <laughs> Thank you, Nico. I do have a lot to
1: say, but I will keep it uh, I will keep it brief for this. Um, I think the men's team, they do have the opportunity to improve. Um, I think that they were not quite as amazing as the women's team, just week to week, and I think they can improve on that. The women's team, I Jake said this was impossible. I think they will get better. Uh, the only real standout they lost was Avril Lee. She won the NAIA championships for them last year. Um, she did graduate, but Esther Lee, as we mentioned, she was a first year last year. And Brazilian. Phenom. Yeah, she yeah. tore it up, and I expect better things from her still. Um, that one 11th place finish we talk about that was an out of conference tournament. Uh, so I'd like to see them improve when they're playing against
0: some quote unquote tougher opposition. And I think the men's team is going to regress a bit. They did lose uh, Andrew Harrison, who I know is one of their top golfers. Women's team, I think they can improve too. And that's kind of uh, me just mirroring your take. But I do think the men's team is going to regress slightly. Uh, we got. Three more. Let's squeeze them in quick. We're running overtime, folks. Let's do women's field hockey, men's rugby, and football. Just say your quick take on where they're headed, improving uh, or stepping back or staying the same. Uh, Men's rugby
2: is the best. They're going to stay the best. True. uh, Because they will always be. (laughs) Uh, Women's field hockey uh, finally didn't win the national championship. So I'm um, going to might as well just predict them to win it again because recent history suggests they have a very good chance of doing so. In football, I'm kind of getting a men's volleyball vibe from last year mm. where they might be completely terrible to start the year, but also have a chance to really improve and grow into their own as the season go on like that volleyball team
3: did. Uh, really quick, field hockey, I think it's either going to be uh, they're going to stay the same or they're going to improve. Same thing with men's rugby. Football, I'm a little less optimistic. Maybe a little bit of regression in the future. Yeah, I think women's field
1: hockey, I'm going to again say it's a blip. I think uh, they're going to go for another national title, at least contend for one. Uh, moving forward, men's rugby, I'd agree with Jake. They're the best. Uh, and there's not much that's going to slow them down. Football, I think will be exciting with a new rookie quarterback. I don't see as many wins. Uh, I could see something like a three and five season for them, uh, just with all of these new players
0: being brought in. But so it goes. It'll be fun. My take's similar. Women's field hockey, I think it's a bit better. I don't know if they win a national title, though. I think that's Pretty big jump, considering that they had a coaching change last year, and then they're working their way up. They went 4-1-3. I think they'll do well, but better than last year, but not, maybe not national title. Men's rugby, domination, we all know. Uh, and football, rookie QB, like like you said, Corey, I think maybe, if not 3-5, and five, maybe a 4-4 four and four season for them. And that's what's happening in fall sports. So you heard our takes. We'll revisit them later and see who was right, see who was drastically off, because <laughs> sometimes we're all drastically yeah, off, and yeah. those are the best.
2: Yeah. Uh, taking a quick look at the sports coming up before our next show that we haven't already mentioned women's rugby starting their conference season against Calgary tomorrow afternoon Uh, women's hockey is playing pursuit of excellence hockey academy in an exhibition match on Friday on Saturday Uh, men's rugby plays Burnaby Lake Rugby Club, while women's soccer plays their second game of the weekend against Fraser Valley. On Sunday, men's field hockey plays Surrey Lions. And on Monday and Tuesday, the golf teams play at Multinoma Fall Invitational in Oregon. So we'll be talking about all of that next week.
0: Awesome. And with that, thanks, Jake, for the outro. And thank you all for tuning in to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Besides listening to the show, the best way to keep up to date with UBC Thunderbirds' news, standings, and stories is to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at CITR Sports. Next up on CITR is Rocket from Russia for Thunderbird Eye. This has been Jacob, Jake, Liz, Corey, and Nico, with contributions from Ben Nelson. Listen Thursdays from nine to nine thirty a.m. on CITR, or check us out on iTunes at Thunderbird Space Eye. Thank you for listening, and have a